broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade, which, of course, means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com or go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Leticia or Harry and tell them Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. We have a couple of guests who are doing some marvelous work. First up on Cherokee Business Radio this morning, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Kids Boost, Miss Kristen Williams. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are so delighted to have you join us in the studio. Uh, Kids Boost, mission, purpose, what what are you and your organization out there trying to do for folks? Sure. Kids Boost is a nonprofit organization with the mission to empower kids to give. So we do it in a very fun and unique way. We want kids to realize that even at the age of eight years old, 12 years old, that they can make a difference by using the things that they love. We also love to give kids a voice. We want to ask kids, you know, what breaks your heart? What is it that um, you that that hits your heart or that makes you sad? Um, and they get to choose a nonprofit of their choice to help support and raise awareness for and raise money for. Um, and we also ask kids, what makes your heart happy? Um, and with that question, we kind of figure out how they're going to do a project to help that nonprofit. So the origin story on this, is this your brainchild? Did someone come to you with this concept? This is my brainchild. So I worked at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta for about 15 years, and uh-huh. I got to work with such amazing kids. And one of the kids that I worked with um, ha- had a life-altering um, injury, and he broke his arm, but he didn't just break his arm. He severed main artery, and they mm-hmm. told him he would never use his arm again. And he had like 26 surgeries over the course of years. His name was Jared. And he went through the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta rehab program. And in that program, one of his therapies was doing the wall climbing, like the the rock wall climbing facilities. Yeah. And he ended up getting full mobility back in his arms. And not only did he survive, but he was able to use his arm. Fast forward, and he wanted to do something to give back to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And he didn't just want to do something. um, He wanted to really jump in it. And so I got to work with Jared and I thought, you know, let's do something fun. What do you love? And so he ended up using his love of wall climbing and he did Jared's climb for kids. And he asked people to pledge per wall that he could climb. And we partnered with Stone Summit, the local wall. We've had those guys in the studio. Aren't they great? They're wonderful. Yeah. And they allowed him to come and climb until he could not climb anymore. (laughs) And y'all, he ended up raising $2,500 to help teens um, and older kids have fun stuff to do at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And so when he was sitting there doing his check presentation, I had this light bulb moment of what if every kid had the opportunity to use what they love to help a cause that's important to them. And that was kind of the catalyst of Kids Boost. And that was a that was years ago. I had sat on it for a little bit, but as a single mom and I loved my job, 
I was like, what do I do with this idea? And then after about three years, it was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it and dreaming about it. And really, so I quit my job and took this leap of faith and wow. started Kids Boost. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because I can see where it would be a fun topic of conversation. I have several family members that are going to write a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> or going to start a business. There's probably a couple that are, you know, really fired up about starting a nonprofit. But, you know, and it's right. fun Thanksgiving conversation. Yes. <laughs> but then there's the reality of, of getting that done. What did you find to be some of the most challenging barriers into really bringing this thing to life? Goodness, there was a lot. Um, I know that my background's in child development. Um, so I knew mm-hmm. that the program I was building was a great one um, and that kids were getting a lot out of it and in, in a very age-appropriate way. And we worked with all developmental levels. And so I knew that the program itself was great, but I needed a lot of help from a business standpoint of you know how to strategically grow this and how to make it sustainable and um, there was not a shortage of kids who wanted to participate, hmm. but how do we raise the funds for it? And so luckily, the community really rallied, and um, a lot of people um, continue to help me to grow this mission. And I think people see the importance of teaching kids the importance of, of giving. We do a lot of business lifelong lessons through the Kids hmm. Boost program, but also I think it's just important this day and age to to give kids the opportunity. We work with kids eight to 14 as kind of our target age group. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, there's just not a lot of programs out there for kids to volunteer um, because of liability concerns and things like that. And often we tell our kids, you know, you, you can sell this product, this cookie or this wrapping paper, or you can run these laps for the school. And all those are wonderful. Love those things. But rarely do we ask our kids, who would you help? If you could, yeah, you know, and it's amazing to hear what these kids say. And a lot of parents, they realized that they've, they had no clue that their kids felt connected to our military heroes, or they had no clue that their kid had seen a child that was bald and had just gone through chemotherapy because of cancer, or they weren't, they didn't realize how affected their child was by seeing homeless and kids innately want to do something. They want to give back. They want to make a difference. I've never actually met a kid who didn't, but they don't know how, and they need a program. They need someone there to help them. They need the opportunity. And so that's what Kids Boost is all about, is giving kids the opportunity and the program to make a difference. Okay, so let's talk about that for a moment. There's some structure, some discipline, some rigor to to all this. What what does that structure look like? Sure. So one of our main programs um, is we give kids $100.00 a one-on-one coach and all the kind of resources, including their own webpage on um, how to be successful. We give them those tools, but their primary goal with that hundred dollar seed money is to turn it into more for a nonprofit of their choice. Um, So we help them along the way, but the kid is the boss. The kid gets (laughs) full control and boy, do they love that. Um, But we give them the hundred (laughs) dollars. We ask them what makes your heart happy. We ask them what breaks their heart, and those two questions help us determine which nonprofit they're going to support and how they're going to do it. Our hope is to keep it fun and age-appropriate, developmentally appropriate, and but they they get to plan and implement a whole project 
with the goal being to turn that $100 into more. If they come back with $101, we consider it successful. However, on average, our kids come back with about $1,900 for the nonprofits. Um, well, that's much better ratios than I'm being getting, and I've been at this 30-some 30, 30 years. <laughs> it's amazing what these kids wow. can do. It's amazing. And so sometimes it's easiest for me, um, if you don't mind, for me to kind of share a story. Oh, please. So that people understand. Yeah. And um, I thought about um, Emma, who is from Cherokee County, and um, I loved her project. But when we met with Emma, she is this little spitfire um just radiates love, but she loves dogs. And so she wanted to help Angels Among Us Pet Rescue. But she didn't know how to do that. And she's 10 years old. So she got her coach. And then her coach's name was Kate. And then she also got her $100. And she got a website and all the different things to help her be successful. Um, Emma decided to have a pet show, like a, a dog show. And, but she, she could use her hundred dollars for startup money of, you know, to go and buy trophies or to, to use that to do dog treats or however, you know, she wanted to do her event, but she planned it from start to finish. She went and she was brave enough and we practiced her coach practiced with her, but she was able to go and talk to a local animal, um, like a dog, um, sitting, what do you call those, um, you know, where you put your dog in for for a couple of days if you have to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, partnered with one of those, and they let her host there. Um, and mm. she got all of her friends to be the judges, and she came up with a category for every single dog that participated because she <laughs> didn't want any dog to be left out. I have an Aunt Bonnie like that, like at the <laughs> Easter egg hunt. Everybody, yes, everybody gets – she could. <laughs> that's what – that's so yes. creative. So she came up with all these different titles and awards, and people could uh, donate – And put their dog in the dog show. And she created like all the posters and the backdrops and the catwalk for these dogs. And she was the (laughs) announcer and her, her, she had friends that were very intentional about, you know, voting on who, which, which dog wins, which, which category she got a photographer. Um, and then she also sold dog treats, homemade dog treats. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, Emma was in control but she learned important life lessons about communication. She learned about money management. She had the hundred dollars, but she could, and she could use it or she could be brave and go and talk to community partners Mm -hmm. to see if they would be willing to help her and to donate things to help make her successful, which takes a lot of courage. Even adults have a hard time asking for Uh help. So you can imagine a 10 year old. Um, She also had weekly phone calls with her coach. So she was in charge of picking up the phone and calling. Um, and we do that very purposefully because we, the feedback that we've heard is a lot of kids don't have the experience actually talking on the phone these days. They text. But having a conversation with an adult can be challenging. So while Emma kind of never knew our, our business strategies and the things <laughs> that we were trying to teach her and instill in her, um, we did it in a very fun way. Our biggest goal is to increase courage to build self-esteem. And so at the end of the day, Emma ended up raising $1,355 and she was able to go and take that big check. We call it the Ellen check or like the Oprah checks. (laughs) And she got to go and present it to Angel Among Us. And she got to see exactly where her money was going. 
So our hope was that Emma built courage and self-esteem and self-worth. She learned the joys of giving. She learned all about communication and all these kind of big life skills. But then also at the end of the day, we tried to connect the dots so that she could see that she could have this lifelong love of giving. Maybe it's continued passion around angels among us and what she can do to help further their mission. Or maybe it's just, hey, I can use the things I love to make a difference in life. Wow, what a marvelous story. And, and Jeff, I'm sorry you have to follow this interview. Yeah, <laughs> tough act to follow. <laughs> no, it's a very inspiring story. You've mentioned a couple times um, Coach. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that role, because I'm, I'm sensing that may be where um, people in my world, in the business world, might be able to plug into some of what you're doing. Yeah? Sure. Okay. So we um, we started with volunteer coaches when we when we first started Kids Boost, because my hope was how cool would it be if even adults could use what they love? So wouldn't mm-hmm. it be so fun, Stone, if like if you told me, you know, you were you love music and animals and art, and then I could pair you with a child in your area that had the similar yeah. interest. We learned pretty quickly, though, that unfortunately, um, volunteers aren't always the most sustainable way. So we still use volunteers a lot, but actually our coaches are paid coaches that have a background in child development. Mm. um, Because what we learned is that every kid is different. And that's why I love Kids Boost. We'll never have two projects that are the same. Every single project is very unique. But we also work with kids of all different abilities, all different socioeconomic levels, all different family dynamics. Um, we work with kids from very affluent neighborhoods. We work with kids that, um, are typically the recipients of nonprofits. And we love that aspect of it. We love to give every child the opportunity to give. So these coaches have a background and are trained to work with all children, um, and their families. And then that way we can do ongoing training and, they can fully commit to a project from start to finish right? Um, and really be there invested in each child. Okay. So given that, how does someone like me who probably is not qualified to actually be the coach, but would like to try to help. And maybe I've got these toys, right? The, right. You know, a platform, maybe there's some kid that's interested in doing some radio exactly. show or something or some radio thon. Um, is there a way for me to support a, a coach or, be, is there a way for somebody like me to plug into this? Absolutely. Okay. So Kids Boost completely has been founded on people uh, people giving us their time and their talents as well. So, mm-hmm. for instance, um, we had one child who wanted to do a bake sale, but really wasn't in a situation where they could do a lot of baking from their home because mm-hmm. of their family dynamic. So we partnered with a community baker who allowed her to come in the store and even invited some of her friends. And they got to learn professional baking. They got to do it from start to finish, packaging included and everything to really teach her a life skill. We've also had kids that have done baseball tournaments, um, soccer PK challenges. So we've actually had those kids meet with some community coaches or a professional soccer player um, to talk to these kids and for them to learn from them. Again, a lot of the things that we do in the background – of kids boost that maybe the kid isn't a hundred percent aware of um, is giving them these connections and helping them learn and to grow their passion. 
Um, so whether it's that, you know, an adult might be able to volunteer at one of their kids' events. We rely mm-hmm. on volunteers a lot for these events. Right. Um, but it also might be a mentor-type situation where, um, you know, the kids can learn from your trade and your experience. I love it. So what's next? Uh, what's on the horizon? Have you got kind of a, I don't know what the time frame is, 6, 12, 18 months plan with some yes. big hairy goals? Yeah, I'm a big dreamer. <laughs> big dreamer. But I also say I'm a big doer. Like, I like to dream it, but I like to do it. Um, yeah, we've already served almost 200 kids. Um, these kids have raised more than $300,000 for almost 100 nonprofits. Wow. Um, and so we are excited to keep growing those numbers. Right now we're in the Georgia um, area alone. We're starting to branch out and have conversations. My hope is to grow Kids Boost to so that any kid in the United States and beyond, I want it to be just as easy for parents to sign their kids up to make a difference and to do philanthropy than it is to sign up for drum lessons or uh, for basketball or yeah. for Spanish. Um, because I do think that there's a need for it and there's a desire for it. So my, my big picture plan is to keep growing this and, and to keep getting to work with kids and keep finding fun, innovative ways, even during a pandemic to allow kids to have the opportunity to give. So for our listeners, uh, what is the best way to reach out and have a conversation with you or someone on your team or figure out how to plug in whatever you feel like is appropriate email, phone, website, whatever the, Absolutely. So a couple things that I would love if you're interested in Kids Boost or learning more or finding out how to support us or if you have a child in your life that would want to be a Kids Booster. One thing is just to follow us on social media. Um, It's so fun to see. We use, I mean, all of our social media is real kids, real kids boosters doing real work with real nonprofits. So it's really fun. You get inspired. So follow us at Kids Boost. Also, kidsboost.org is our website. All of our contact information is on there. Um, my email is Kristen at kidsboost.org. And we would love to hear from it, it. This takes a village. It takes mm-hmm. great kids. It takes great parents that want to make this a priority in their child's life. It takes great community sponsors and it takes great donors. So it's a, it's a huge community um, that I've loved being a part of and I love seeing grow and I get inspired by every single day. So we would love to have your audience join us. Well, congratulations on the momentum. Keep up Thank the good you. work. We're going to be following your story. Um, and that was just one little tiny idea that I had. But there may be some kid in your ecosystem now or down the road that would like to plug into some of what we do with radio. And um, Absolutely. so we'll have those conversations and try to make that uh, We'll try to make that happen. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Hey, hey, can you stay with us for a little bit while we visit with our next guest? I would love nothing more. All right. Next up on Cherokee Business Radio, please join me in welcoming back to the Business Radio X microphone from Odyssey, Inc., Mr. Jeff Cohen. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Stone. You're more than welcome. Again, I apologize for you having to follow that act, but uh, you know... I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's an inspiring story. Um, Certainly one that has to resonate with you, given your work. But let's do get our listeners caught up. um, Share with them mission, purpose of Odyssey, Inc., and uh, get us caught up on your your activities these days, man. Yeah, that's great. So the, the mission of Odyssey, Inc. is to expand the ambitions of Atlanta school kids and inspire them on a journey to college and career. So we work with 400 under resourced students in Atlanta in grades rising first through rising 12th. 
So these are kids with massive ability. Uh, they're B students. They just don't have the resources of students that higher socioeconomic uh, means have. And so what we do is our cornerstone program is we bring them to Westminster campus, which is mm-hmm. one of our partners, for six weeks during the summer, and that's for free. Uh, so we provide transportation, breakfast and lunch, field trips, uh, college trips for the older students, teachers, supplies, anything we think they could need to, to help improve their, their scores and their ability back in school. You know, in Atlanta, um, the, the milestones is the test that students take for their benchmarking. So we know that 34% of third graders are, are proficient in reading. And if you let that sit for a second, that means that 66% aren't ready for fourth grade. Ouch. So what we can do is we can help that. So we do project-based learning in STEAM to make it fun. So we do science activities and kids work together. Uh, They go to places like the Atlanta Aquarium, but we're really trying to improve reading, writing, math, and science skills. So every grade has a theme. So the first graders are all the mysteries under the sea. So they'll go to the aquarium, Ah. um, but they'll also design their own fish and they'll have to get up in front of their class and describe their fish. Then they'll work together in kind of a community aquarium. So again, what they're doing in a fun way is practicing their reading, writing, math, and in social emotional skills. Uh, if we go to the middle school, you know, one of the examples is Odyssey Undercover. So it's criminal investigation. So kids will go to the CDC, they'll, they'll learn about their DNA, they'll work with the police on fingerprinting, and then we'll stage a crime, you know, a fake crime on campus, and they'll have to solve it. <laughs> so they'll, they'll, oh, cool. It's very cool. So they'll work with the police on a criminal forensic investigation, and then they'll design a full trial with, they'll sequester a jury, uh, they'll have a defense, they'll have a prosecution, uh, judge, jury, and they'll go through the whole process of a trial and acquit or, or convict the, you know, the mock defendant in the case. And then when we get up to high school, you know, we're really all about college matriculation so that the themes are coding and filming, uh, but it's really all about getting kids into college. So we have a counselor that works one-on-one with those students on their common application, on their FAFSA application, and they'll do tours. So the 11th graders will do in-state tours and the 12th graders out-of-state but while we're, they're doing that, they're looking at uh, their SAT scores. So we'll bring an Apple Ruth to do an SAT boot camp, and then we'll pay for the SAT that Saturday. And again, we're trying to position them the best they can to get into the college of their dreams. So you know, Now, you've been doing this long enough to know that it's working. I mean, you're, you've been tracking this. I mean, th- you guys are having some real impact, and you've, you're, you've been at it long enough now that you're documenting these results, right? We, we do. So we know that we can improve reading and writing by about 80% wow. over the year. We know 100% of our students graduate high school and go to college. Um, this past year has been challenging, as you might imagine, because we work with Atlanta students. They just went back to school these past three weeks. So oh they've been my. out of school for almost a full year um, wow. doing uh, virtual learning. So we really ramped up by accident at first, and now intentionally our mentoring and our tutoring programs. So to work with those students one-on-one, to make sure that they're keeping up with, you know, their on-level reading and math and, and their skills are staying sharp. Uh, both of my folks were public educators. They both eventually got terminal degrees and were in administration and all that. So I've, I've been on the periphery of the public education system, and um, that's about where my little tiny circle of knowledge stops. But it's I don't think it's any secret that there is some uh, socioeconomic factors really do weigh heavy on this whole dynamic. And and that's part of what you're, that's a big part of what you're addressing, right? If you can remove some of those barriers, I got that right. Exactly. It's a huge question. You know, the, the equity and inclusion obviously is a national issue now, Yeah. but in Atlanta, 
there's a clear mark. If you go south of I-20, scores drop dramatically. And those are mostly students of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no resources. There's no programs. And so those kids are smart kids. They, they, they would mm-hmm. perform well if they had the same resources. So our goal is to part, equal the playing field to give them the same opportunities. We don't, you know, we don't promise scholarships. We don't, we don't reward kids by handing the enemy. They have to work hard. They have to give up six weeks of their summer and year-round programming to stay in the program. And then mm-hmm. in turn, we help them get into college. Um, but those barriers are, are real, and it's really lack of resources. And then there's family dynamics of families just not knowing. If you didn't go to college, you just don't know, or you, you're intimidated by the right. public schools. You're not sure how to advocate for your child when they aren't doing well, or if a teacher says, you know, he's just misbehaving, and you're, you're not sure what to do about that. So we, we try to work with parents and in a way to work in a partnership with the schools to make sure they're asking teachers questions and they're getting involved. And they're saying, you know, young Jeffrey's grades are dropping. Can we, teacher, can we talk about that? What can we do at home to help? So is recruiting, maybe that's the wrong word, but um, the, I, could sense, I could see how maybe it might be a challenge to go get the kids and get them in this environment. Is that, a, is that a challenge or is that a big part of your day trying to figure that piece out? Well, I have a great team that, that works on that. Uh, this year has been challenging because we haven't been able to get out to the schools. Uh, so it's really hard right. in a virtual environment right. to recruit a student. You know, what we're asking the child is to give up six weeks of their summer. So the, the younger kids, their parents decide that from the high school students, they kind of crinkle <laughs> their brow and they're like, why would I do that? So what we sell them is you're investing, you know, think of, you can still work at Chick-fil-A, but how many hours would you need to work at Chick-fil-A to get a scholarship that's going to let you not work for four years and be in college? And that's what we can do for you. And I think kids resonate with that. And they, they like the fun stuff getting together. They like you right. know, getting on a bus and going to North Carolina and, you know, going to Chapel Hill and schools they would never see sure. is, is pretty cool. But um, we're always recruiting to get the, the right students and the students that, that we can help most into the program. So how does the money work? Is there, uh, how is this funded? Do you have private donors? Is government help? Or? You know, we're, we're blessed with a, a great group of, of supporters and stakeholders from mm-hmm. give many things. that Westminster gives us in-kind space and technology, so we couldn't nice. operate without the school. And then we have a variety of events. You know, the one we have coming up is a – a night for education, which will be on April 22nd. Okay. So we usually do a big gala at the St. Regis and people dress up and, you know, we have speakers and breakfast and that's not possible this year. Yeah. So we're doing a virtual event uh, and we're asking folks to log on and contribute. So Home Depot is the presenting sponsor for that event. We've already raised $90,000. Our goal wow. is about $200,000. Uh, so we have some awesome auction items and people can just Well, donate. Kristen's kids are making all kind of money. Yeah. I'm sure I, they can help. <laughs> we need to connect. Yeah, we are making that connection. You know? yeah. and, and, you know, it's, it's ironic because for the younger students, uh, a big thing, especially the Westminster community, is their families want to teach them philanthropy because they're, they just, they're not exposed into a genuine yeah, sense of giving back. So. so Absolutely. So what's the Jeff Cohen back story? How does one land here i mean i can yeah. i can tell that you find the work fulfilling it's 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 in your face it's in your voice but how does one land in a, in a space like this you know i'm too old to tell you the whole story stoner <laughs> I, I i came to atlanta so i was living in washington dc uh, to uh-huh. launch a program called camp coca-cola and uh, so i did that for the coca-cola company for about 11 years uh-huh. and then an opportunity came up for with odyssey which i'd known about but i'm like you know, who wants to go to summer school? That's a terrible idea. And then I learned more about it. So I've been doing that for about seven years now. I think I stay engaged, you know, like Kristen, you just, you hear the stories of the kids are so inspiring. 
you know, we have a young lady, Jessica, and she wasn't coming to the program. So you miss three days, you're out. That's just, we're pretty strict in that way. And so we had to bring, we had to have a parent conference. And we said, you know, Jessica's not, she had one more day and she's gone. And the mom started crying. Like, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's just summer camp. Don't, she's like, you don't understand. We're, we've been homeless and we finally got our first house. Uh-huh. And so uh, every morning, Jessica clings to her pillow. I can't get her to leave because she's scared her house isn't going to be there when she gets home. Oh, oh my God. And so, you know, we kind of worked through that. And Jessica, we got through it. And now Jessica's been in the program two years and her younger mm-hmm. siblings getting involved, you know, and she's just blossoming. So, you know, those stories, it's like whatever whatever I can cry or whine about, I mean, that's inspiring for me to, to get up and come to work and just help that girl. My, my dream is that someday she'll be on stage speaking of, you know, her experience or, you know, she'll be the president of the United States saying, you know what, I'm giving back because of this guy's name. I can't remember 40 years ago. <laughs> now is this a citywide, countywide, statewide thing? What's the scope of, of, of this? Our primary population of students comes from Atlanta public schools. Okay. But we do serve students in the surrounding counties. Uh, the reason for that, there's such a great need in Atlanta public schools that yeah. we don't need to expand out to, to meet our market. So um, near-term plans, what's, uh, what's on the horizon? You've got a, a new camp coming up, or it's going to have to be executed virtually, or is it all kind of in the air a little bit? You're asking the harder questions mm. now. <laughs> uh, last summer we went virtual, so we, we just went online for all our programs. Uh-huh. This summer we're determined to go live, so we're putting that in place now. We're, oh, we're going to need to spend more money on buses. We're going to need to spread students right. out more. But we just feel after being out for a year, that students, even if, even if they're six feet apart, need to interact. And so we're determined to give them that experience this summer. And so that's what we're working towards now, are putting all those things in place to make that happen. We have about, you know, uh, we'll, we'll try to recruit up to 400 students to, to come this summer. 400? Wow. Okay, so you know most of our listenership is uh, what well, kind of mirrors most of our, our, our guest population, business people. How can business people plug in, support this? There's... Um, they, they can donate and participate in these virtual events in some way, like this gala thing or the best way you know, the, the intro point is our website, which is www.odysseyatlanta.org. Mm-hmm. And through there, we, we have a variety of needs. So we always need mentors okay. and tutors, more tutors than we've ever needed than before. Okay. Uh, you can sign up as a donor to participate as a sponsor in one of our upcoming events, which is fun. And, you know, you can attend. And then during the summer, we look for groups to engage maybe to come out and do a barbecue for the kids or we have a program called career quest. We'll bring four students to a company, you know, similar to what you're doing, Kristen. And they just kind of, they meet and they learn about that field. So, um, so the website's the best place to go, or you can always, you know, call me or email me at Jeff Cohen at honestyatlanta.org. I'd be happy to chat with you. Well, thank you so much. The, you, uh, of course, both of you, I mean, the work you guys are doing is so inspiring. I mean, you got to just, you must sleep really well at night. <laughs> yeah. You got to find this rewarding. I, I do. Usually I'm worried about something, so I don't sleep as well as you might think. <laughs> I, I have some panic attack about something, that, but, um, but the work is, the work is amazing. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's needed. I feel like people that people do give back who are given to, and so you might, well, I was going to ask about that um, because I think I think it came up when when Kristen was uh, chatting a moment ago as well. The the people who have participated in this program have gotten so much value from it. The minute they are elevated the least little bit, th- that's their instinct, right? They want to turn right back around and help the next person. Is that that's been your experience? Well, we've been around. We're now in our 
15th year. So our oldest students are just graduating college and maybe in the workforce. Right. But that's what we're seeing. You know, we have two students, Jared's at Morehouse and Hickam is at UGA. So they've both just finished their undergrad and they're going to medical school. So right Whoa. away, right away, they're mentoring the younger students that want to do that, both good and bad of like, if you want this route, here's what it's going to take. And right. here's how much school I have ahead of me. So just, <laughs> just in that way, they do want to give back. They, they do want to help. And that's been your experience as well, Kristen, in your program? Absolutely. I think one of the things that I wasn't anticipating when I started Kids Boost was um, I thought it was going to be kind of like a one-and-done project. These mm-hmm. kids would do their project. They'd get what they kind of – they were excited about it, and then they would kind of move on. What I didn't anticipate that I absolutely love is it's become this community of great kids that want to keep giving. Mm. And so these kids want to do another project. They want to help other kids. They want to volunteer at the other kids' events. They want to get more involved in the nonprofit of their choice. It's become this community. And it's the most inspiring thing, I think, in a world that sometimes we can focus so much on the bad. Mm. Um it's so it's inspiring to me because there is definitely more good in this world than there's bad. Definitely. That's certainly evidenced by this conversation this morning. What a great way to invest a Tuesday morning. (laughs) Thank you so much. One more time, Jeff, uh, key coordinates for folks who want to reach out and learn more about Odyssey. www.odysseyatlanta.org. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Kristen, thank you so much for coming in. Let's uh, let's keep the channel open and uh, continue to share these stories. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Yeah.